can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Before we begin today's episode of Beauty IQ Uncensored, we acknowledge First Nations people as the traditional owners of the lands and waters of Australia. We recognise and pay our respects to elders past, present and future whose lands were never ceded. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. So, Joe, I had a question to ask you. Someone sent me an Instagram and it was Dr. Shireen, who we've actually had on this podcast. Yes, Pillow Talk Derm. Someone sent this to me as well. She does the Alua, like, what is it? Dermato- bedtime with a dermatologist or something? Yeah. So she did a reel and someone sent it to me. And is this true? And I said, well, it would be because she's a good dermatologist. <laughs> Board certified dermatologist. Yeah. So I was like, I, I think she knows more than I do. <laughs> Basically, it's if you're dealing with dry, itchy under eyes this season, here's a hack for you. So you put a glycerin-based moisturizer from your skincare. So it doesn't need to be an eye cream. Can you recommend a glycerin-based moisturizer? I mean, most moisturizers will have glycerin in it. If it doesn't have glycerin, I think there's a problem. Okay. All right. (laughs) There's heaps. Any moisturizer you have at home, you could use. I don't know. It's okay. All right. So then you put on a Glad Wrap, a little bit of Glad Wrap. She calls it Saran Wrap. wrap. (laughs) I don't know. Why do they call it Saran Wrap? (laughs) Clean Wrap. Glad Wrap's the brand. Uh, Shout out to Glad Wrap. I actually buy glad wrap because like Same. when you buy the ones that are glad wrap they're not as good <laughs> for some reason glad really knows what they're doing if they'd like to sponsor this podcast <laughs> brought to you by glad wrap so basically you do a tiny little what two centimeter by two centimeter <laughs> piece you dab that over the moisturizer under your mm. eyes and yeah apparently that really really helps with the under eye dryness under eyes what are your thoughts? So, Hannah, you've had needling before. Mm-hmm. You've been numbed before. Mm-hmm. Have they put the plastic wrap over your face, the cling wrap over your face when you've had the numbing on or when you've had your tattoo removal? Every time cling wrap over the top. Glad yeah, wrap, sorry. Glad wrap. So it's kind <laughs> of the same concept as using like an occlusive balm to stop any of that mm-hmm. moisture leaving the skin. So you're just creating a barrier so that the only option for that product is to absorb into the skin. So you're just getting extra hydrating benefits from that product. So you're really not doing anything else but enhancing the penetration of the cream. And if it is a really hydrating product, great. The only risk involved there is when something is a bit too thick. Milia. Exactly you might be encouraging milia. So I'd just be very wary of that if you're going to be trying a technique like this, I'd probably suggest using an actual eye cream as opposed to a moisturizer just so that you're avoiding that risk because most- Mm -hmm. Or a gel. even a gel. But look, I mean, hydrating eye creams are probably going to do enough on their own. You probably don't need to be too concerned about it completely evaporating into thin air. But Dr. Shreen Idris is in New York in the height of freezing cold temperatures. So I would recommend it in a climate like that. But in Australia- Generally, we probably wouldn't need to do that for our skin. But if you had ultra dry, flaky skin and you needed a quick fix, 
then yes, I would Mm. do that. And there's nothing wrong with doing it. There's certainly like reasons why she's doing that and why she's recommending it, but that's that's essentially why. Nice. Well, on that note, what is on today's episode? On today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Cara McDonald about scalp sunburn, and then we are chatting about event foundations with the input of some of our AB staff and, of course, our products we didn't need it. One of our favourite dermatologists is back in the building, Dr. Cara McDonald. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me back again. Always a pleasure having you. Now, today we're talking about the subject of sunburn, but in a particular area of the body. Now, we know that we shouldn't be getting sunburn anywhere, but a very tricky place that a lot of us tend to get sunburn is the scalp. Mm -hmm. I know that I've had burns in my part before, and then you get that like flaking later, and it's just a headache when you get a scalp sunburn. But I've always wondered what is the right thing to do with your scalp, especially if you've got hair. Like it's a bit easier if you don't have hair, you just slap some sunscreen on. But if you've got hair and you don't want to wash your hair that night, what do you do? Like how are you meant to protect it? So I wanted to first ask who's actually more susceptible to scalp sunburn? Obviously bald people, but aside from that. (laughs) I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, lack of hair equals more risk. And We see it frequently in children and I am ashamed to say that my daughter got a quite badly sunburned scalp over (gasps) summer. Cara. I know, I know. It's just The dermatologist's worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. (laughs) And, of course, I'm especially guilty because I've got, like, such thick hair and I've got two kids with really thick hair. I don't think the son even sees their scalp. And then my poor little daughter has got this sort of thin, wispy, fair hair. Mm. And I do forget about her a little bit. So um, (laughs) that's the problem, right? So if you've actually got thick hair, really good hair coverage, dense hair, you actually are very well Mm -hmm. protected. And I have to say that with having really thick hair, it's it's very rare for me to get sunburn because I've just got such thick hair density that it protects my scalp. Same. I don't remember the last time that I had a burnt scalp. Yeah, well. I do wear a hat, but yeah. Of course. It's really (laughs) fine hair, you know, so it can be deceiving because you can have long, luscious looking locks. But if you've got very fine hair or sparse hair on the top of the head, Mm. you certainly are more susceptible. And again, fair hair or fair skin. So I think we forget Mm -hmm. that the fairer you are, the more likely you are to burn in any circumstances. So if you've got fair hair, if you've got fine hair, and certainly if you've got a part, I think that actually increases that risk of sunburn on the scalp. Do you reckon that hair provides like UPF coverage? (laughs) Do you think we should test that? Should we do a study? (laughs) Yeah, well, actually just the the (sighs) hair follicles, especially with pigment in them, they do protect the skin just by that sheer bulk. I don't know how you would test how that hair density to because I think I think there's two things and look you know obviously the studies have not been done mm. but it's how close the hairs are together but then also how thick each one of your hairs mm. are so it would differ person to person yeah and the thickness of the hairs actually provide that shade and how close they are together you know stops the sun getting through basically on the thickness of the hair I really had a thought the other day cuz my boyfriend, I can see he's got like a shaved sides and I can see all these moles. If you have thick hair, how would you ever be able to know that you have moles that need checking on your scalp? 
Well, if you've got a good doctor who does a proper skin check, we kind of, you know, sift through the hair um, and look for moles. Hannah, don't you remember when you had your skin check for the podcast? They did your scalp. (laughs) I cannot remember, did they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I suppose you have a bit of a a technique, but you think of it like basically doing mini parts. So you sort of just do a a running part through the side, basically about two centimetres, two centimetres, two centimetres. It's pretty quick when you do it all the time. But the other thing is, and this is the reality, that if you've got someone with very thick, dense hair, you actually can be more relaxed about the scalp because the chance of those moles becoming cancerous is a lot less if they haven't been burnt Mm. regularly in the past. Mm. So if the moles aren't visible, they're well buried in deep hair, then there's no more chance that, you know, that mole will become cancerous than something that's completely sun protected elsewhere. So, you know, if someone says, you know, I've got a spot in my scalp, a lot of people know where the moles are in their scalp as well if they're raised, that sort of thing. So people will point them out. If they're worried about something, you know, they might say it's sore or itchy or flaky or scabby. The thing with scalp moles is they do become irritated really easily as well when you brush your hair, mm. get your hair trimmed and everything. So mm. a lot of people know where they are for that reason. They're like, oh, every time I get my hair cut, this one gets annoyed. Yeah. Can you check it? But they're probably low risk if you can't find them. Good to know. So back to burnt scalps. If you do end up with a burnt scalp, what would be the best? I, I'm just thinking now on my scalp, you can't really put like aloe on there. I don't know. What would be the best way to treat it? Once your skin is burnt, the only treatment is symptom relief, right? You're not really fixing anything that's been done. So the pain that you feel and then that shedding of the skin peeling is your body trying to get rid of as many of the damaged cells as possible. So they get burnt, they get the DNA damage pretty much immediately and then the body says these are bad cells we're going to kill them off and get rid of them as quickly as possible and that reduces the chance of them becoming cancerous down the track that's a really good way of explaining sunburned people and like how serious it is getting a sunburn that makes you peel in terms of sunburn i mean aloe is is really just cooling and it's anti-inflammatory and soothing On your scalp, I mean, you can put aloe gel on your scalp. It's probably better than most things, but also just cool compresses. Actually, if you've had a bad sunburn, it's important that you rest. A lot of people don't realise that it's a huge load on the body to repair all that skin. A lot of people would know that they feel quite wiped out if they've had a bad sunburn. So just keeping cool, keeping quiet, then something just for relief. You know, you could put your aloe vera gel or something like solia gel, which is a burn gel, another sort of cooling, soothing gel. It depends on how severe it is, what your treatment options might be. And I'm guessing no scrubs. Until like the end to get that skin off? (laughs) No. Look, if possible, I wouldn't even be scrubbing that skin off at the end. I'd just be patient, be tolerant and let it shed and probably using like a moisturising cream even even though you know we talk about hair and I don't want to put moisturizer in my hair you can actually use a moisturizer in your scalp just rub it right in even if you give it a couple of hours then gently wash your hair it will still moisturize your scalp there are scalp lotions as well that you can find at the chemist which are like a moisturizing scalp lotion and they can be quite good once you're in that just dry 
flaky phase rather than it being the inflamed, hot, angry stage. And what are the best ways to prevent ourselves from getting scalp sunburn aside from wearing a hat, as Hannah said before, because both of us are hat wearers? Are there like SPF products on the market that you would suggest for particularly using on scalps? Yes, absolutely. So a hat is by far the best and make sure it's a hat that doesn't have nice sort of holes in the straw (laughs) sort of thing because that's a mistake that a lot of people make. And really, unless you are going underwater, you know, swimming or water sports and that sort of thing, the best thing you can do is wear a hat as much of the time as possible, especially little kids playing on the beach and that sort of thing. You forget to put their hat back on when they come out of the water. That's where I was guilty. But hats are are better than anything because they're not going to, you know, get rubbed off and washed off. But really, any sunscreen can be used on the scalp. It really just comes down to that consistency again. There are specific sunscreens screens that are designed for the scalp though and of course we're looking for the same things as usual with high SPF, SPF 50 plus and broad spectrum so keep an eye because you might find you know there's a sunscreen advertised for scalps but it's not as high SPF and it's probably not you know worth going with that even if it is a better texture but some companies do make sunscreens you can you know google it or go to your chemist and see if they have a, a scalp sunscreen they tend to be a spray or, you know, even like a sort of powdery spray that will not make the hair as greasy. Having said that, I use, especially on the kids, I tend to use any of the sort of spray sunscreens that are quite light. Yeah, They are still a bit greasy in their hair. But, you know, as I said, unless you're going underwater, in which case you're probably going to be washing your hair anyway, it doesn't really matter. So if I don't have a spray one, I will just get the regular sunscreen and rub it in, particularly where you can see a part Mm. or the fine, you know, thin hair and just rub it in and then, you know, it will wash out reasonably easily with some shampoo later when you wash the hair. So look for specific scalp sprays. Otherwise, just the aerosol type sprays are really good in the scalp and good for a kind of top up and they're not too greasy. If you've left with no other choice, just slap the cream in there. Mm-hmm. And pop your hat on. And pop your hat on. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of heat styling, if you've got a burnt scalp, is that something you would avoid? Yeah. I think, again, you know, go by comfort, pain, all those sorts of things. The heat won't exacerbate your sunburn as such, but it's just going to make it feel uncomfortable using any heat sort of near a burn. You just need to wait out that phase where it's inflamed and and that can be, you know, some days if, if it's more severe. Keep it calm and cool, I think, is the best thing. And the final question, if someone has had a number of scalp sunburns, is that something that they should be getting checked for unusual lesions? Yeah, absolutely. So I see a lot of skin cancers on the scalp. And as I said, I always check the scalp, but you you know the people who are more likely to have the skin cancers there when you see them because, you know, they're usually older people who are sun damaged, thin hair or, or balding men or women with fine hair, their skin cancers in the scalp are actually really common. Just be aware of that. And it's the same rules as, as normal. If you have any suspicion or you feel like there's something unusual, you know, if you've got anything that bleeds, BCCs, 
disease or basal cell carcinomas are the most common kind of skin cancer on the scalp. And they come from just that little bit of sunburn or a little bit of sun exposure over many years. You don't even have to have ever had a sunburn to get a BCC. You just have to have had chronic sun exposure. So if you think of parents or the older generation who didn't wear hats much at all, they might not have even been burnt, but they just had sun you know, in their hair or through their through their hair on their scalp for years and years. And so unfortunately, all those sun exposed areas are quite prone. And BCCs often bleed. So anything that bleeds, I always say, unless you literally cut it with your razor or pitch the top off your pimple, if something bleeds on your skin, you know, be suspicious that it could be a skin cancer until proven otherwise. So that's a really good thing to look for. A scab that just never goes away. We've all had little scabs in our scalp and they're fun to pick because no one can kind of see that we're picking up things <laughs> in our scalp. But if you've got something that just seems to scab and then heal up and then scab in the same spot and heal up and then scab, again, that's a really typical sign of a skin cancer or anything that's tender or sensitive to touch and so people will often say i've just got this sore spot and that can be a skin cancer as well Mm -hmm. so they're the sort of non-melanoma skin cancers which are really common and if you have anything you just think it's a bit odd it's a bit different or if you notice a new or changing spot of any sort absolutely get it checked and when you do have your routine skin checks make sure that your scalp gets checked particularly if you have had multiple sunburns up there And that's a good reminder for everyone that has their New Year's resolutions in place. Book your skin (laughs) check if you haven't already and it's been a Mm, year. You've just reminded me. Yes, Mm. it's my reminder as well. I'm going to go down to to Molmap. Thanks, Dr. Cara, for joining us again. It's my pleasure as always. Thanks for having me. Hannah, I was in the office the other day and I thought, you know what, now that we've hit 2023, thinking COVID's a thing of the past. Let's not bring it into 2023. I know that it's still going around, but let's just pretend it doesn't exist. Let's go back to events. Remember how many events we went to in 2019? Just quickly, have you never had COVID, which blows my mind. I've had it twice. I haven't. No, touch wood. Oh, my wood. God. Yeah. What is going on? Okay. Oh. I don't know. I don't know because I've been in some very risky situations. Okay, so we're back to 2019 when we went to events all the time. 2019, you and I were at events like every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. We were always getting glam. You were always commenting on my makeup. We've spoken about this on the podcast before. You then had your sister's wedding yes. start of 2020. Yes. And you discovered Estee Lauder Double Wear. Game changer. Which I'm 100% sure is your favorite event foundation. 100%. 2000%. So I thought I would ask everyone in the office what their favorite event foundation was. So I was in there the other day and I got our little remote recorder out and I went around to everyone's desks and I got them with the element of surprise because they firstly didn't know what the handheld device was. <laughs> what are you putting in my face? And I just wanted their instant reaction. Like what's the first thing that comes to their head when I say event foundation? And I'm not one to wear full coverage foundations, as you know. So I often just use the same foundations I would wear for daytime. One of the ones I love at the moment is the Huda Beauty Glowish. And I love the Dior Face and Body, I think it's called, Face and Body. You really do not like a full coverage foundation. I love the Makeup Forever HD Skin, which used to be Ultra HD. I think you like that one as well. Or you love Reboot. No, no, no. I love Ultra HD. Really good foundation. Yeah, it's now HD Skin Ah, if you're looking for it. It looks different. It's in different packaging. So if you've gone to repurchase Ultra HD and you're like, where the hell is it? It's just called HD Skin now. So, Hannah, I'm going to let you listen to 
the most popular event foundations at the office and we'll see if there's any surprises in there. Nikita, tell me what is your favourite event foundation? Uh, Do I have to say why? Yeah. Okay, um, so it's the Estee Lauder Double Wear. I first tried it when I was 17 for my year 11 formal. Stayed all night. I remember not being greasy, which is important because I am an oily girl. Just stays in place and it doesn't come off ever. So, yeah, that's mine. Annika, favourite event foundation? Has to be the Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk. Bougie, but it sits very nicely on the skin. Very glowy, just what you need. A new fan, very new fan, but loving it. Kate, what have you got for me? Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk. I'm shade 5.5. Yeah, there you go. And we don't actually look similar. I've got freckles. (laughs) I love it because it's really buildable. So if you're, you know, wanting that really full coverage look, you can do that with the product. Or if you just want that natural glowy look, it's the best. Nicola, what's your favourite event foundation? Oh, event. I mean, I still use the It Cosmetics CC cream even for events. I like the coverage. It's about full coverage. Yeah, it is. So I use it for both daily and events. Amelia, do you have a favourite event foundation? I'm going to say It Cosmetics as well. Flick, what is your favourite event foundation? The YSL All Hours Foundation. Nice. It's a good one. It's a nice one. Beck, your favourite event foundation and why? Uh, Estee Lauder Double Wear because it's very long lasting and it just provides that bit of extra coverage. Maddie, what is your favourite event foundation? You just said you might want to exclude me. Why? Because it's not a foundation. It's a concealer. I use the Double Wear concealer and then I like really blend it out because I just haven't found the right foundation for me yet. Nice technique. I like that. Kiara, hit me. I use the NARS Sheer Glow. Traitor. <laughs> Sandy, what's your favourite event foundation? Glam. Uh, then um, maybe Jojo Armani Luminous uh, Silk Foundation. Mm, nice. Yeah. Meisha? The L'Oreal Freshwear Infallible 24-hour one. Oh, nice. Little bargain option. Love that. Talia, favourite event foundation? Giorgio Armani Luminous Silk Foundation, shade two. Tori. Giorgio Armani. Oh, that's been popular. Luminous Silk. Yeah, okay. Grace, do you have a favourite event foundation? I don't really use foundation. <laughs> Put her on the spot. <laughs> that's okay, you don't have to. Oh, I, I used to use the Estee Lauder one, the double wear, but the light version. Oh, yeah, yes. that one's really good. Yeah, Great. I like the finish of that one. Yeah. Awesome. Danny, what's your favourite event foundation? Ooh, the Makeup Forever ultra hd matte oh, one said makeup forever yet yeah yes i'm glad you said that re what's your favorite event foundation oh estee lauder double wear of course it is that i have to use like the thickest of the thickest mm-hmm. yeah in order for, to retain it yeah sam makeup forever ultra hd now hd skin good choice one of my favorites as well Sarah, what's your favourite event foundation? Makeup Forever. Oh, reboot yes, is yeah. absolute. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the reboot. Makeup Forever reboot. Right. Marie, makeup artist extraordinaire. I love the Huda Beauty Glowish mixed, oh, but you have to mix a little bit of the Estee Lauder Double Wear. Estee Lauder Double Wear into any foundation for longevity. Amazing tip to finish on. Thanks, Marie. You're welcome. So, Hannah, are you surprised by any of those selections in there by our team? Luminous Silk, I 100% knew that was going to come up and obviously Mm. Double Wear, Makeup Forever Foundation. So those three, I love all of those. Although Luminous Silk, I've only Mm. used a couple of times, but that's a satin finish, isn't it? 
Yep. Estee Lauder is a matte finish and then the skin finish is the Makeup Forever one. So that actually makes sense for all yeah. the different skin types. It Cosmetics CC Cream, it is really full coverage. So I totally understand why that would be event makeup. But I was a little bit surprised. It wouldn't be my go-to for an event makeup, but I, it is super yeah. full coverage. So I guess that does make sense. And it's glowy. It's very deceptive because I think people hear CC cream and they're like, oh, that'll be like super light coverage and it's got SPF in it. And then they try it and they're like, whoa, okay, this is a full coverage situation. I know I was certainly surprised the first time I tried it, but I do like it, but it's very full coverage. I love that it cosmetic CC cream, but it's like for me, for some reason, it's like a daytime, but definitely with the coverage and if you had normal to dry skin, that would be great for an event. Yeah. Particularly late afternoon with the SPF. Do you have any tips for longevity? Is there anything that you do, particularly if you're doing event makeup or anything you've learned from having your makeup done? So the thing that I've actually started doing more recently, which I didn't do, which creates the most beautiful base. Do you, I now exfoliate a proper exfoliation the night before. Do you do a physical exfoliation? Well, a light, like a light exfoliation to get all the dead skin cells off. Yeah. Yeah, physical and chemical. But I do it the night before because if you do it the day, I've done it the day of, you end up with like dead skin. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I would usually do a, like a liquid gold the night before if I had something really important on the next day, or I would do midnight reboot. Okay. So I actually have been doing more physical, but the ones that are really Mm. fine, I don't like use like a- You've got very robust skin. I wouldn't be concerned about you using a physical exfoliant. If there was anyone I had to recommend one for, it would be you. Yeah. So I do that now and I find that really like reduces the appearance of pores Mm. as well. And it creates like a really smooth base, but I- cannot live without a mattifying primer on the t-zone i just Mm -hmm. think like my makeup will not last because it's so oily in those parts and then obviously the essay lauder that is just the best foundation the double wear it really lasts it says it lasts 24 hours it does Mm -hmm. as i've spoken about like (laughs) years ago at my sister's wedding literally it did not move we're hearing about the the sister's wedding again it's been a while sorry it's been a while (laughs) so i'm allowed to bring it up we've got listeners that haven't heard me like bang on about that that was the first time I ever used it and now I don't use anything else I got Linda my mum onto it she uses it now she uses it to go to the gym lol My mum wears makeup to the gym, if you didn't know. She actually told me I should wear makeup to the gym. (laughs) You never know. And powder, literally can't. Yeah, if you've Mm. got oily skin, you do have to put a bit more effort into your skin prep to make sure that your foundation is going to last. As I've recently learnt. Yes. I've, I've really had to up my powdering. I barely used to ever use powder when I was on the pill, came off the pill. Suddenly I was like, wow, okay, my face produces oil. What are your tips? I use the Makeup Forever Ultra HD translucent powder. Nice. And I'm just quite generous with it through the T-zone and then I leave the rest of my skin. So I'll do like the sides of my nose, Mm -hmm. just in that cheek area where it tends to get a bit of shine, my actual nose through the center of my forehead, chin and upper lip as well. Mm. So like around kind of your nasolabial folds where you tend to get a bit creasy and you can get a bit shiny there. Yeah. Quite generous with the powder in those areas, but then leaving the rest of my face or leaving that natural shine across my cheeks, I feel just it still allows you to have that glowy, luminous look without yeah. really mattifying everything. But I understand that more oilier skins are like, I can't even do that. So yeah, I've definitely had to lean more on powder. 
You know, I add in like a glowy. So when I do my moisturizer, the Home Beauty, do you use yeah, that? The glowy primer. Yeah. For my skin, I don't use like that as my primer. But if I mix a little bit in with my moisturizer, it just gives you like the most beautiful glow. Yeah. And then you can put on the primer. And then I put the primer on the T-zone. Anyway, what do you think of, I did have a question. What did you think of, which I don't use, makeup sprays? What, is, what are they called? A setting spray. Setting sprays. I will use a setting spray if I'm going to a wedding or something and I really need my makeup to stay. I will just use it because I'm like, if it does something, great. I don't know whether it actually does. Mm. I use the YSL one, which smells amazing and I love it. It feels so hydrating and beautiful. The MAC Fix Plus I use a lot for like wedding sponges and brushes, but sometimes I find the pump, it just kind of like spurts in your face and then you end up with like, you've got to be really far back with that. Mm. The YSL one has a really soft mist. So it just beautifully like veils over Mm -hmm. your skin. Whereas sometimes with the Fix Plus, I come a bit close and then I have to kind of like sponge off the little spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it probably does something, at least hydrates the skin and kind of unifies all of your makeup once you're finished and maybe helps you the powder to set into your skin a little bit better. But who really knows? I don't use one. So I just wanted to know whether I should be adding that in. I mean, maybe try one. See if it does anything for you. It might not. Yeah. Anyway, that's event makeup. Hope you enjoyed everyone else's input and shout out to Adore Beauty staff for allowing me to put a recording device in their face. (laughs) (laughs) Product we didn't know we needed. What's yours? I couldn't remember if I'd done this before, Hannah. I think you've done two. I think you've done two Hardalabo products and I've never done it. I'm obsessed with this brand, so that would be right. So I love how affordable this brand is, I just want to say. Hardalabo. Me too. Very affordable. And it just makes skincare a lot easier to recommend when it's affordable because, you know, it's expensive at the moment to live. This particular product is the Lotion Number no. 1 Super Hydrator. It's basically just their hyaluronic acid serum. It is in a 150ml bottle for $35.95, which if you think of a brand like The Ordinary, it's probably cheaper than The Ordinary, actually, if you worked it out based on mils. I don't know how you'd use that super hydrator. It's 100 mil. It would last you forever. Yeah, it's 150 mil. It'll last for age. I pump like five pumps 150 mil. Hand. I put it down my neck and my chest. You could definitely do your chest with it. Yeah, you could use it literally mm. everywhere, and I'm not worried about running out. So when I use more expensive hyaluronic acid serums like SkinCeuticals HA Intensify, which I absolutely love and swear by and will purchase, but you're just a little bit more conscious of how much you're using. So you're probably not using as much as you probably want to for your skin because you're wanting to save it. Whereas this one, I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever. I'll <laughs> just keep, keep pumping. It's a very thin texture. It's very watery. I would say it definitely like slips through your fingers. It might be one that you want to kind of pump in your palm and then press onto the skin. It might be a little bit easier to apply that way. I just love the price point. I think it does feel definitely hydrating on the skin. I do tend to mist down my skin with the Aven Thermal Spring Water and then apply this. You don't have to do that, but I just I just do. Um, and then I'll put any other products over the top. Really with hyaluronic acid and a product like this that really just has glycerin and hyaluronic acid, you can use anything over the top of it. You can use your retinols, your AHAs, whatever you want to use over the top. Or if you want to use liquid gold before this and then apply this, the liquid gold will help to enhance the penetration of this product. So yeah, that's my product. I didn't know I needed. What's yours? I can second that. I love Mm. their products. Mine is the Huda Beauty Glowish Blur Jam Primer. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Finally. 
So basically what was really surprising for me with this one was I can't believe it doesn't have silicones in it. Doesn't it? No, it's a silicon-free blurring oh, primer. That's quite which unusual. I think is that like quite Yeah. That's quite unusual because usually if you have a blurring mattifying like it's kind of a gel usually they have silicones in it and it's a very silicony feel it does it does so I know there's quite a lot of people that don't like to use silicones or there are people out there that don't like to Mm. use silicones in their primer some people find them congesting yeah particularly the blurring if you want a blurring primer Mm. um this is a really good option because it doesn't have those silicones in it so basically this product will help to like smooth blur and mattify the skin particularly for me i used it on my t-zone because i have really visible pores so um, it also actually does something that's really nice about it is that it's got some nice skincare products in it it's got rose water prickly pear cactus flower extracts not sure what those things do but they sound really (laughs) nice for the skin (laughs) and it has water locking powder technology it's good for hydration as well so you can either wear it with makeup or you can actually just wear it on bare skin so like if you don't want to wear makeup but you kind of want to like blur some imperfections you can actually use this just on its own Mm. but it looks like strawberry jam because it's like pink is it so it looks like a little pot of strawberry jam yeah it's like pink. It's like a pink, <laughs> a strawberry tinted color okay. that actually blends clear on all skin tones. So I am really loving it. It says here that it'll help extend the wear of your makeup for up to 12 hours as well. How much is it? 50 bucks. Okay. Not bad. Not too bad. It's not horrific. Yeah. So I think this one would be really good if, you, if you're looking for a blurring primer, but you're a bit wary of silicones. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the product for you. Nice. So, Joe, do you think you have created in your boyfriend, because I do see your Insta stories, do you think you've created, as I think I have, a beauty monster? Yeah. I'm sure you're talking about the story I put up the other <laughs> night where he was having a full-blown <laughs> facial treatment. He asked yep. for that. I don't force him into it. He asks. Yep. <laughs> Self-care is in for the boys. Trust me. So I like have like really feel this is how I knew I'd created like a self-care beauty monster. So I had these Aveda. We don't stock them, but we do stock Aveda. And I think they must have sent them to me. They are, they've got these chakra mists. Oh, remember how I used to have them at my desk? I'd spritz people in the morning with my chakra sprays. (laughs) They smell amazing. They're like really calming. They're really, really nice. So anyway, I had two bottles that I wasn't using. And anyway, they ended up, I think I gave them to the Canadian. I thought he might use them in the bathroom after the toilet Mm. or something. But anyway, we're about to go to sleep or he's about to go to sleep and I just see his his head pop up. (laughs) He mists his pillow (gasps) and then puts his head back down and puts it beside Oh, he's using it as a pillow mist. And I could not stop laughing, just the way that he has a mouth guard in as well. And he just lifts his head up, spray, spray, spritz, spritz, head back down on the pillow. And it smells incredible. It's like he he uses the chakra four, which is feel (laughs) harmony when the heart chakra is balanced with sandalwood mandarin and some other things in there but beautiful basically feel in harmony is the chakra for he's like why are you laughing and i'm like i just like never thought i would see you every single night spray a pillow mist (laughs) 
<laughs> he loves it. It's like he loves it. He can't believe he lived without a pillow mist all his life. I don't think they can believe they ever lived without skincare either. Yes, he does love his skincare too. Loves it. Oh my god, yeah. that's another thing. He ran out his favorite serum. <laughs> It's Estee Lauder Advanced Night Repair. I think he like <laughs> <laughs> he just finished his 50 ml bottle. Yeah. And I just finished my 50 ml bottle. And I only had one spare bottle in the spare skincare box. Oh no. So I pull it out and he's like, you have so much skincare, I'm taking that. And I <laughs> left it sort of on the table and then it was gone and then it was in his skincare. He loves that. Advanced night repair. If anyone from Estee Lauder is listening, <laughs> I mean, his boyfriend no. needs an advanced night repair. <laughs> Help him out. He used a 50 ml bottle. Granted, it did take him a while, but then he used it, and now he's yeah. got another 50 ml bottle. And I can't even use my because I've just run out. And so he's taken it because he's like, that's his favorite <gasps> serum. Such a shame because I love advanced night repair. I feel like for the boys, he doesn't use his retinol that much because I think he maybe feels it's a bit irritating I don't know like he's not quite yeah. on the retinol bandwagon yet but he loves that advanced night repair it is a really beautiful serum yeah it smells nice it blends into the skin really nicely it feels hydrated after glow you get a nice glow yeah I can understand the appeal for Why him like that oh plus the the packaging yeah. so bougie I think he told his sister and she could not believe it she's like what <laughs> Anyway, I love that. Do you have any monster stories? Apart from him wanting to use the LED light all the time, he'll often just just take himself to my room and pop the LED on and then I'll call out to him from somewhere and he's like, I'm under the LED. Oh my God, love it. He is pretty good now with his sunscreen in particular. Yeah. I've said before on the podcast how last year he got very badly burnt on his back and it was and a real – broke up with him. It was a real turning point for me. <laughs> and I said, if this ever happens again, this is done. So he was very sun smart this summer and very diligent with his sunscreen. Do you just quickly – do you ever – this is what the Canadian does to me – Anytime he leaves the house, he asks me if he should put sunscreen on. And I say yes every time. Oh, no. He just knows. Oh, that okay. I say yes. And sometimes I still I'll get be looking asked. at him and I'm like, are you wearing sunscreen? And he'll just be like, uh, no, I'm not. I forgot to put it on this morning. And I'm just like, no excuses. Let's not yep. make excuses Agreed. here. Put yep. it on every single day. I think he doesn't love the one that I got him because when he has facial hair, it gets stuck in there. So I'm going to get him the Anthelios fluid because he prefers the texture of that to blend into his beard. So he currently has the XL dry touch one. You might have to report back on that. Yeah, I'll let you know. You know what I think would be relatively good for them? Those spray like aerosol sunscreens if they've got facial hair. It is quite hard to blend yeah, in. Yeah, because the facial yeah. hair is a real problem because he gets it stuck, all the white sunscreen gets stuck in the beard and he's using a nice sunscreen. Yes. Yeah. And I think they don't like that. So if there are any men listening that have facial hair and you've found a hack for that, let us know. Send us a DM. Let us know. P.S. Hannah, just a announcement for everyone. If you used to shop JS Health at Adore Beauty, it is back. So you can now get I just saw the that. whole JS Health range. I think it's the whole range at a door. So it's back and available to you if Yay. you used to buy from us. So it's exciting. Cool. Well, we'll see you guys next time. See you next week. Thanks everyone for joining us today. 
Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.